Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Isham, owner and founder of Dreamer Productions and Sound and Marketing Learning. I create, consult, and educate brands and individuals on the power of sound in marketing. Today, we pick up where we left off on voice design with Shamala Priyaga of the Digital Assistant Academy. In the end of the last episode, Shamala was speaking about how too many options in voice assistants can be confusing and misleading. Carefully curating your template is key. We were designing the navigation, uh, I would say, domain. This was one of the things, like, okay, we uh, for a certain result, we found 20 uh, options, right? And this will not only hap- happen when you're doing this thing, uh, like a navigation system. This happens in disambiguation as well. In voice, you will have things like this where the system partially understood what you said and you don't know what to do. For example, now my son is in 10, uh, my son is 10 years old. So uh, all his friends' parents' name I have saved as uh, uh, Carson's mom, Jason's mom, Logan's mom, and all of these mom. My mom's name is also saved as mom. So when I say uh, Alexa called mom, she would have a confusion now because which mom did you say? I just heard and I don't know. I'm not confident about the results. So it shows all the results and it asks like, which one do you want me to, right? So there are these kind of things as well, which may happen with voice. With all of these things, how are you thinking about the templates? When we were designing the solution, one of the things was like we had 20 results because we were not confident and we wanted to give the user all of those results. You cannot show 20 in one page. You need to break it down because, again, people have short-term memory, but they also like to absorb the content in minimal chunks. They cannot absorb everything at once. So we also need to make that thing work. At the same time, you also need to show what's happening, the affordances and all of those things. So we had this voice template and we had a lot of pages. We had like four or five pages and we were like, okay, here are the first three results. Here are the next three results. What do you want to do? So when we were doing the testing and designing these solutions, we realized people do not paginate after a certain point of time. So we had to go back and think about our interactions, like how do we design so that we are giving the most important and uh, relevant information instead of giving everything because the system is uh, designed that way. So when you're designing a multimodal uh, solutions, you have to have everything come together. Like you mentioned, when you go to a theater to watch a movie, all you care about is, oh my God, look at that movie. It's amazing what a story and the sound effects and you know, the characters, they make you cry, they make you smile, they make you connect with them. You know, some things you will resonate to so much. You're like, okay, this is me. This is how I feel. And all of those things, right? You don't care, but there are like hundreds and thousands of people working in the background in order to make this thing work. There are sound, there's a crew, the whole crew who works on all of these things. Individually, they feel like this is this element. This is this element. You know, there's a storytelling element. There is a copy, uh, playwriting element. Maybe there are like acting elements, sound elements. And then they try to combine them all together and put that in perspective, right? It's the same thing with voice design. You have all of these individual elements. There may be a different team working on the visual aspect of things, the sound aspects of things, the dialogue aspects of things, and uh, the interaction aspects of things. But eventually you have to combine them all together for the user to feel or experience what they are experiencing. 
And that was what I was going to say too. I, I feel like there's so many job titles that go with voice design, like just off the top of my head, you know, you've got the developers, you've got the coders, which I guess maybe are the same <laughs> UX designers, UI designers, um, the sound designers, the linguists uh, need to be in the mix. There's, there's so much to it. Um, and I find it really exciting because uh, I can't remember when it was, but it was, somebody brought this up that there's an opportunity for, um, you know, up and coming students or almost graduated students in different industries that could get in on voice, like somebody that was in anthropology or in humanities or there's there's a place I feel like there's a, uh, a place for everybody in this voice assistance, this conversational AI world. Absolutely. Conversation design is the act of dialogue, right? You are talking to the system. And uh, the reason I'll tell you, like, if you look at the GUI-based system, it's a very, very uh, structured approach, right? If you want to buy something from Amazon, you would either search for it or you would either uh, go through your uh, previous recommendations or you would directly, you know, uh, select the category. You, you have a process through which you will go. Maybe you'll just go to the department and then select that item. So there are three or four ways you can do something. It's very, very linear, very linear. A, B, C, or A, B, C, D, right? With It's not like that. With voice, there are so many moving elements, you know. You can say, do I need an umbrella? Or do, you can say, will it rain today? Or you can say, uh, what is the weather like? Or you can say, do I need a raincoat? They all mean the same thing for you in your mind, but the machine needs to understand that thing. And in order for the machine to understand that, there's so many elements, so many things it needs to understand. You need to extract the intent of the user from whatever word they have said. You have to map it to an intent and make sure you are mapping umbrella and raincoat and weather and water and whatever to that specific intent of will it rain and then try to get that information. So it can go any direction. Plus, another thing with voice is uh, people have different pronunciations, right? So that's very complicated. Like, you know, uh, back in India, many people call technology, technology. It means the same thing for them, but that's how the accent is, that's how they speak. Now, if you want to design a solution which does not understand what the user said because uh, it's it was said in a wrong way, there's a problem. So being able to think about all of those accents, being able to think about all of those elements, how the user would say something is very important. At the same time, you have to think because when you're designing a solution and a human-to-human -human conversation, you have to think how a human-to-human -human conversation works. So like there are different kinds of accents of uh, uh, conversation which we apply, maxims of manner, relevance, and all of these things, which are Rice's maxims, which are taken from psychology into the conversation design world. So there are these kind of things from linguistics as well. There are a lot of different linguistics concepts and principles which apply directly into the conversation design world. I, as a conversational designer coming from a UX background, may not know these things directly. Or although if I'm doing that thing, I may not be the best person to do those things because I don't come from that level of understanding. The same thing. I may be a conversation designer. I am great at designing interactions, but I may not be great at writing because English is not my first language, right? Does that limit me to become a conversational designer that I cannot design the conversational solutions? Of course not. 
I can design the interaction. Maybe there is a writer, UX writer or a linguist who's doing the conversation aspect of thing, who's writing the dialogues for me the way I want them to. I just tell them, this is how my interaction should work. When the bot says this, this is how it will go. Maybe I will give the user three attempts. The first time when the user said something uh, and uh, it was not recognized, maybe I will re-prompt with some additional information. So the designer can tell all of those interaction aspects like interaction designers in the UX world do, right? But there's a UX writer who does the writing and that's what we can do. So there are a lot of these kind of roles like you mentioned, which can be applied psychology, human psychology is so important here or coming from that anthropology background, right? So if you know how users think, how they feel, um, you know, how they react to a certain situation and what is their tipping point where they are like frustrated, you can design a better solution. And that is why each of these roles are now picking up more momentum because people have realized conversation design is the future. And uh, I was just in a panel this morning and uh, someone said, like, by 2026, conversational market will be, or natural language processing would be 80% uh, market cap, which means every company will start thinking about these. It's definitely something that people should be, if they're not just talking about it, they should be looking into it. And from this conversation, I hope that they realize it's not something that they can do by themselves. I keep thinking of the it takes a village to raise a child. It, it takes a village to put together good voice and sound design. There's so many people involved, especially for like different locations or different contexts. I was thinking about um, my my grandmother was in uh, before she passed. She was in Massachusetts and she didn't call soda soda. She called it tonic water. And so like just the idea of like if she were to ask, she would never use a smart speaker, but if she were to ask a smart speaker something, how well would it understand her? Can you tell us, since you're so wrapped up in this world, is there something that's groundbreaking or on the forefront that you're really, really excited about? You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about sentiment analysis nowadays, and there's a lot of uh, different things being done in that space where you are able to understand the user emotions through what they are speaking, how they are speaking. Someone was just talking to me uh, the other day, I think it was Rana Gujral uh, in his uh, podcast, he was talking about when someone says, sure, with just the sure on how they said that sure, if you said sure, or if you said sure, you know, just with that uh, word and how you pronounced it, as a human, you would understand that, uh, okay, this person is being sarcastic or this person is unsure about something and saying sure, or maybe this person has, um, you know, has a different kind of tone. But if uh, you ask God the same kind of thing and the, uh, the user responds like, sure, the bot would just pick the sure. It would not understand the sarcasm or the, uh, you know, emotions behind that. And it will say like, okay, I'll do it. I'll go ahead with the booking, right? Maybe you were just confused or maybe you were just thinking like, uh, sure, I'm not sure if I want to do that, right? So just with that one word, it's so loaded. Uh, bots do not understand. But as we start to think about these uh, conversational systems, which are less transactional, more conversational, is able to understand the user context, is able to speak like human, we also have to inject that human-like uh, intelligence into it to understand that level of stuff. And uh, I'm really excited because a lot of work is being already done in the space with the emotion detection technology and stuff like that. 
which can be a boon into the customer care world. It can be a boon into IVR worlds, you know, like just understanding what the user said based on the tone of the voice, if the system is able to take over all, adjust their prompts and all. And now we have text-to-speech systems, which are much more uh, human-like. They sound so human now. So you can add all sorts of emotions to it. So if there was a way to design these solutions where uh, whatever the user said, the emotions are detected and then the TTS automatically adjusts the prompts and tunes the uh, tone and all of those without a human intervention, that's what I talk about as innovation. That's where the innovation will be. A lot of work is being already done in this space individually, but not as a holistic approach. That is exciting because I think also like I wonder if not just picking up on sarcasm, but maybe there's some underlining tone that's happening. Um, I've heard talk about how Alexa could or a smart speaker could um, predict if somebody was feeling sicker. Um, Like during COVID, I feel like there was some some symptom analysis that was going on. I wonder if in some way voice design will be able to pick up on the tone of um, maybe uh, a woman that's in a bad relationship or if there's a tone like for a baby, like maybe they can sense that the baby is in trouble or something like that. There could be a lot of very helpful connotations to this. Absolutely. And we talk about this a lot in the vehicle context as well. If we are able to detect the drowsiness of the user based on the tone, or if we are able to detect uh, the distraction level, because, you know, if I'm talking to you, I on I. Uh, you would have a different level of tone versus uh, when I'm distracted and looking through multiple things and talking to you, the tone and the voice and everything will be completely different. Especially when you're driving and if uh, uh, there's a lot of things happening, the systems are capable of uh, understanding the distraction levels as well now. And I mean, it's maturing every day, right? There's a lot of emotion detection happening. I wouldn't say voice alone would be a convenient or uh, enough, but there's so much which can be done with voice and the cameras and the gestures and everything together where you can do. BMW was doing some work in the space with uh, gesture recognition, eye tracking. So when the user is uh, driving and they said, find me a nearby Starbucks, there's a lot of results which show up and the, uh, the system is like, which one do you want me to? And if uh, the user just saw some result and said this one, the eye tracking and the voice knows like you meant the second one. So you don't have to tap or you don't have to speak. So these kind of innovations already being thought about. So if uh, people are thinking about this in a holistic way, it could be so convenient for the users, but can also add on to that uh, distractionless driving and driver safety aspects as well. That's fantastic. I love that idea. Like the the eye move, you know, tracking the eye movement. Yeah, less touch necessary because a lot of people don't know how to just touch. They like move their whole body to like push a button. And in the post-COVID world, people don't want to touch things, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is the other thing. There's a lot more and and I've been talking about this a lot too is that there's it's a a touch less, not touchless, but touch less environment that we are stepping back out into for sure. Well, thank you so much, Shamala. This has been a wonderful conversation. And I hope that somebody has learned something because uh, this is a very complicated field that you are in and yet simple at the same time. I would put it in this way, like it's the most uh, satisfying thing to do. You know, it's it's a lot of uh, work for sure. 
but you don't feel that because in the end when people use your interfaces you know all you look at the tip of the iceberg right all the effort which has gone into it uh, automatically pays for it well, thank you again so much for your time thank you Gina it was my pleasure I hope you're enjoying the show don't forget to subscribe on all the major podcast channels share with friends follow and rate spread the word because well more people should know about this stuff I know you know that now For any other inquiries, you can find me at Dreamer Productions, that's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com or soundandmarketing.com, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.